Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first-ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club, diamond mounter at the Jerry Judy Jewelry Company, and BFS with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined for the first time in a long time by all of the guys. We have the Duck Father, DK Metcalf's number one admirer, founder and lone proprietor of the Gus the Bus Four Seasons Busing Service, and caster of the Double Reverse Hutzpah, resident old man Clark Barnes, Scotty Miller fanboy, Mule Skinner of the Zacherts Decline Wagon, head excavator of the Robert Tanyan Canyon, proud father Quentin Nelson, the tight end whisperer Jordan Smith, and finally, loather of Adam Gase, doubter of John Gruden's Jacob Handel Shtick. Lifeguard and training your neighborhood Chase Claypool and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys. The ginger well manicured man, uh, Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Very well, Pete. How are you? I am good. Nick, did you enjoy your your vacation that you took in the middle of the NFL season and kind of left all of us up uh, to dry? For two weeks, yeah, just kind of yeah. had to pick up your slack in the midst, like really kind of in like the really the key part, the NFL season, you just decided, you know what, I'm going to just uh, drive around the country just for shits and giggles. Yeah, uh, it was great. I appreciate you guys covering for me. I got to reach out to, uh, I think it was Mark who was covering my uh, running back rankings. That was really nice of him. Uh, I certainly missed you guys. And uh, to all the listeners, I was as safe as possible. Did a, a two-week quarantine for traveling, drove everywhere. Still managed to uh, put myself in a very dangerous situation with a gas station attendant who would not uh, wear a mask and ended up Ugh. vomiting in the bathroom next to me, at which point I ran out uh so what? Uh, yeah first covid test is negative we'll let you guys know what the uh the five day mark one reveals um but anyway everybody mask up also uh congratulations to the the new grooms justin and david that's we were out in uh colorado celebrate uh the wedding of my girlfriend's brother and uh, anyway let's get back to football no, 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 no. We're not just glazing over okay. the fact that you were at a <laughs> gas station attendant was just vomiting next to you at the bathroom. Dude, it was wow. so, it was really scary because I went in and uh, the man behind the counter was looking at me and he had his mask as though it was a beard like hanging on here. And I was like, oh, God damn it. You know, I've been in the car for hours. And so I ran in the bathroom and I, I heard this. No, I thought it was a dog. And was like, oh, this is the most violent vomiting I've ever heard. I guess he followed, he went in right behind me. Um, anyway, you know, it could be a lot of things. I've, I've talked to like my medical professional friends and they're like, look, could be withdrawals, could be X, Y, Z. Um, so anyway, in a quarantine again now, just to make sure that I was not standing next to this man's COVID cloud. Um, not wow. cool. Just this. Wow. That is, that is. Take harrowing. care of yourselves. Yeah, it was just, uh, really nerve wracking. Well, well, you're here, Nick, and that's all that matters. Who that's cares right. about your your uh, what 
girlfriend's brother's wedding, you're here now. That's right. Just this podcast is what matters. You're healthy for this show. All right, let's get into some week 10 starts and sits. As always, we are going to run through every game on the schedule and talk about some of our favorite plays, some of our favorite not plays. Uh, And we will start Thursday night football. This could actually be a really good game. We have the Indianapolis Colts heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans uh, in a battle of AFC South supremacy. And uh, for me personally, I'm getting, I'm getting good Michael Pittman vibes this game. I feel like going up against a Titan secondary that has been uh, picked upon, much maligned, uh, and and is giving up wide receiver, giving up uh, points to wide receivers, second most points to wide receivers this season. He saw seven targets last week, uh, and that was without T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is practicing and likely will be playing on Thursday night. But I feel like T.Y. Hilton in the game hurts. Zach Pascal more than it would hurt Michael Pittman, who's a bigger body down the field guy who they're looking to get the ball to clearly now that he is healthy and in this office. So I, I, I have a, a slight inclination that this could be a oh, Michael Pittman worthy of, you know, kind of a wide receiver three start and uh, might get you, you know, five catches, 50 some odd yards in a TD. I think it's a wonderfully bold call going after anybody in the, uh, the Colts passing attack is going to scare a lot of folks away. Uh, just because Philip Rivers in that arm is, you know, it's basically hanging off. But uh, as you said, the Colts very, very generous to opposing wideouts. Excuse me, Titans. Yeah, and I, I think it's kind of a uh, whoever's getting the targets in Indianapolis, which is tough to tell. They seem to be like a, uh, it, it goes everywhere. You know, it's like what happened to Moali Cox? Like um, what happened to, you know, all the targets going to, ty and that sort of thing so it's just it's goofy for me but it's good to see that he's getting at least seven targets uh this, Clark, oh go ahead nick does this game give you guys any fear over uh derrick henry because i think the colts are allowing the fewest half point uh pbr points to opposing backfields or is, is his like 20 touch volume just bulletproof still i don't see how you could have a fantasy football team where you have three other better options than derrick henry i think that it will be like a low point for what is perhaps the last like bell cow back in the NFL. But no, I, I don't know how you get away from him in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I second that notion from Clark. I don't think he's a DFS play. Uh, certainly it's not, it's not a matchup that he's just going to crush. Um, but I do think that unless, unless somehow you're like in a five person league and behind Derrick Henry, you have, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb coming back from IR, then you're like, yeah, fire those guys up instead. I mean, I think the question here is, do you start Jordan Wilkins? Do you have the chutzpah to play him against the weak Titans defense? Yeah, this this Colts backfield is is perplexing to me. And we talked about it on Tuesday's podcast about how we, we still have faith in uh, Jonathan Taylor, but it is something where it's, it does seem like Jonathan Taylor is uh, having to work himself out of a hole that he dug by having kind of a slow start to his career season. Uh, and Jonathan Wilk- Jordan Wilkins has, uh, hasn't been bad. And you're right, Clark, it's a favorable matchup. So it, this, is one where I, this is one where I think if you can avoid this backfield, you should. And you should be able to because you should have backs that are probably comparable to Jordan Wilkins on your, on your roster. If you need to start him, start him. But I would, I would try to stay away from this backfield just because, I mean, who knows where, where the touches are going. 
I did uh, I did rank Taylor higher, but Wilkins is the the, the snap share king over the last two weeks. It, it evened out a lot last week um, with him and Hines in, in the lead, but I, I don't think that he's necessarily a bad flex play uh, just because of how insanely weak the Titans defense is overall. I think the Titans defense is weak and they're not playing well, but this might be the game where they actually look good. So that's that's what I'm worried about with Indianapolis. We uh, Good thing we offered a lot of certainty there for you guys, dear listeners. Let's move on uh, to the Sunday games. We're starting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off of a, a thorough shellacking from the uh, New Orleans Saints, and they head to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Um, I don't know. Clark, what are you feeling? Do you have any plays for this game that might stand out? Because for one, for me personally – the Panthers are a team that has just let people run on them. Their, their run defense is terrible, but which running back is going to be the one who, who gets the bulk of the work for Tampa? Unfortunately, you can make a case for either one. I expect this to be a good competitive divisional matchup. We'll have to watch closely. I think Christian McCaffrey is out for this week. So if you held on to Mike Davis, fire him up again. Uh, I feel like Leonard Fournette is a slightly better running back than Ronald Jones, and I will not die on that hill and don't care enough to argue <laughs> the other way. Uh, so if you're desperate, I think there's enough value to plug one in. Fournette seems to be the runner, so looking for those pass interference in the end zone calls, Fournette is your man. But that's just the slightest of edges. Ronald Jones has looked better as a runner and is, I don't know, completely frustrating. I don't know. I will guess in most leagues where I don't have a, a better option. We've, we've touched on the, the um, Bucks uh, defensive uh, weaknesses throughout this year. I guess I'm, I'm abruptly flipping the script here, but it's something I'm excited to talk about. Uh, Mike Davis has obviously had a really strong uh, pass catching role in his time filling in for McCaffrey. And yeah, he is by all accounts, he's going to miss this week. Um, I think uh, the, the, the study cited by Edwin Porras was that uh, this suspected injury uh, players miss an average of 9.8 days. So figure that out for all you guys, uh, all you McCaffrey owners, <laughs> but um, the, the Bucks defense is surrendering, surrendering the uh, third highest total of receptions to opposing backfield 6.6. So assuming that any of our listeners are in any form of modern uh, NFL or a fantasy football scoring league, where you're getting some sort of points per reception, that's, that's going to be a big deal. Ex- expect that uh, Davis to just get peppered. For the uh, Panthers offense, I am officially completely staying away from DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel has surpassed DJ Moore in this offense. He is the wide receiver two there. I think you still start Robbie Anderson. I have him ranked as a wide receiver two this week. Curtis Samuel, I think I have as a wide receiver three. And DJ Moore, I have barely as a top, uh, as a wide receiver four. I, I think I think he, I have him like at 40-something-ish in the 40s. So I... <clears throat> If you can get away from DJ Moore, you definitely should. He should be sitting on your bench until he shows that uh, he's going to now see the target share. That was going to him, but now is going to Curtis Samuel. And Curtis Samuel also gets he touches on the ground, which is super nice for PPR. Yeah, Samuel seems to have really uh, busted out after they – I think it was they cut Seth Roberts. And uh, once they cut out one of the mounts to feed, then Samuel just vaulted into this high-value position. I got uh, mopped up by him last week, so I'm a little raw towards him as far as more yeah i i don't think this is the matchup to uh to trust him delightful let's move on houston texans head to cleveland to take on the browns and nick chubb is returning this game he is off ir he is practicing 
and it might be a little counterintuitive, but that is great news for Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I think now gets becomes much more efficient with his touches and he's not going to see the 20 plus carries that he was getting with Chubb injured. But what we're going to get is we're going to get that Nick, uh, that Kareem Hunt role again, where he is their primary pass catcher. He is going to excel in that role and Houston's giving up the third most points to running backs. So, uh, I, I am certainly firing up. Well, you obviously fire up Chubb, even though he's coming back from IR and I'm, I'm firing up Kareem Hunt with a similar confidence. Yeah, just about everybody's a go in this one. The Texas defense is terrible, and the Browns' defense is not that great either. Deshaun Watson playing really well, kind of lifting everyone around him. Unfortunately, frustratingly, lifting everyone kind of equally. We saw with Jordan Aikens coming back that Darren Fells being a thing went away, and they kind of cannibalized each other. Saw Duke Johnson get a lot of run, but not look especially great. I think Duke Johnson might be starting again this week. Uh, so if you're thinking about it, I think you're definitely starting everyone in this game. I don't see how Jarvis Landry doesn't get like 12 catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Rashard Higgins, I think, is a go in this game. And Cook and Fuller are looking pretty decent. So it's, this is a two not very good teams who can move the ball playing each other. We just You want every piece of this you can get. Uh, did we get Baker off the COVID list? That's what I was just about to ask. Is, is he, He's still I, on it, I think. I'm kind of he's, looking. Because if he's, that's he's the case, it's Case Keenum. He's still on, but but he has plenty of time to get cleared. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it's like on the monitor. It's Jarvis Landry, who's like just a possession guy, um, catching stuff. And um the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb thing, I, I believe Nick Chubb, they're going to like take it easy is the report and that even if he's like a hundred percent go, they're still gonna have him be 50-50 in this game, like 50-50 timeshare with Kareem Hunt. So yeah, fortunately for us and unfortunately for Clark, the Texans are allowing the most rushing yards per game uh, to to opposing backfields. That is 144.9 yards. So uh, it's a really nice spot for Nick Chubb to come back to. And and uh, if what Jordan's saying is correct, and he just gets 50% of the touches, that's the efficiency should be there for him to you know find the end zone or at least give give us a, a real good uh yardage total Pete, even with have? like 12 touches nick chubb nick chubb's gonna do enough to be a viable fantasy starter this week even with the reduced yeah. role and uh mia culpa on brandon cooks pete you nailed that at the beginning of the season i was a doubter he's been great uh i just needed uh, bill o'brien to get fired in this offense to actually like utilize brandon cooks that's right and and clark i like the uh the higgins call i, I think that he's he's a nice uh uh kind of good matchup uh deep threat flex play this week all right Continuing on, we have the Washington football team heading to Detroit to take on the Lions. And this is a prime, prime time matchup, Nick. For someone who I know you've been honking the horn for for weeks now, probably can still get him on the waiver wire. J.D. McKissick is a get and a start, baby. Yeah, it's it's uh, barely... Uh... Unfortunate because I think everyone on this podcast is extremely high on Antonio Gibson. Uh, but the, the backfield, the Washington backfield as a whole, is an excellent start. So the Detroit Lions, uh, their front seven is allowing the most half point PPR points per game to opposing backfields at 32.2 points per game. JD McKissick, astonishingly, uh, he led the team in targets last week with 14. That's compliments of Captain Checkdown Alex Smith. He's number four in the NFL right now uh, in targets for uh, at, the, at the running back. 
position. Um, just a, a, a final thing of notes. Um, I believe, and I'll, I have to double check this on the fly here. Yeah. So the lions they're they're kind of middle of the road in, in uh, statistics allowed to the pass catching backs, 4.6 uh, receptions per game, 51.6 yards and half a touchdown or 0.6 touchdowns. So anyway, the point is McKissick, especially like we were saying, if you guys have any sort of points per reception award, McKissick's just going to rack up the, the numbers that way. I also like this as a great uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, like back end RB one, high end RB two uh, matchup, just because of the uh, flaccidity of the Lions front seven. I'll add to uh, just continue to monitor Kenny Galladay throughout the week. Uh, he didn't practice today. He's dealing with a hip injury, which is a little bit questionable. But um, if he goes, then I think he actually goes because in the games he has played this year, he's put up like. 17 16 14 17 points so if he's good to go then he's good to go but if he doesn't practice by like friday then i would look for a different option probably not on detroit unless it's marvin jones or tj hawkinson and i would be even hesitant on marvin jones without kenny galladay the last two games he's had three catches and 39 and 43 yards and he got a touchdown last week which has saved his time but he is like basically you're starting him as a touchdown dependent guy because he's not getting a tar- a high target share. That's all going to Danny Amendola, I guess. Um, and this Washington secondary is still legit. They are still allowing the fewest points to wide receivers this season. So I, I would say if, if Kenny Galladay, you, you're going to start your guys, uh, your stars. But if he's out, then I wouldn't really be wanting to start anyone. But TJ Hawkinson's not a bad one because uh, he has been balling out without uh, Galladay. So Stafford as a fully practice too. Yeah. So as a free waiver wire pickup, I looked today on Yahoo after waivers run in most Yahoo leagues, still 0% owned. Cam Sims, the dreadlocked gazelle out of Alabama who got three targets for over 100 and some odd yards after Alex Smith came in and Washington did everything they possibly could to lose the game. So he seemed kind of like (laughs) the other option that Alex Smith is going to lean on outside of uh, Terry McLaurin. So if you're desperate this week, you have like Julio or Tyreek Hill out and you need a boom bus play and you forgot to put in your waivers, check out Cam Sims. I like that. Nice deep cut from Clerk Burns. All right, let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. And I'm just laughing because my mind is just like imagining the stat line that Devontae Adams is going to put up this week because Jordan, it's going, I mean, is he going to top what he's already been putting out there? He has to. Um, well, if we're looking at uh, DPOA ranks, Jacksonville is dead last. Um, so that's not great for them. Uh, Devontae Adams is pretty much matchup proof at this point. Anyhow, um, this might be another game that, uh, not another game, but it might be a game where Robert Tunyon finally gets back to uh, the the saving grace that he was earlier in the season. He's still the number one ranked tight end by DPOA. So playing really efficiently, just not in in the uh, fantasy um, arena. Al Lazard might be back, so that's good for the passing game as well. You might be wanting to fire him up with this matchup because this is like, it's a really great matchup for him to come back from injury and really, really ease yourself back into live action. Um, Aaron Jones, of course. Uh, uh, On the other side, um, James Robinson, I'm starting. the Packers still aren't good against the run. Um, but the thing is with the, uh, with game script, if the, the Packers are, 
if Jacksonville accepts who they are, like if, if they're down and they finally accept it, like last week, they're still fighting. Like Jacksonville should probably be uh, settling into a top five draft pick position. We instead try of trying to lose to games. Win. Yeah. Instead of trying to win football games, uh, but they were still running uh, James Robinson a little bit. Uh, not as much as in the first half, though. He was um, he was getting some pretty good chunks of yards in the first half, but I'm still firing him up. Yeah, I like the uh, the Tunyon call. Uh, uh, Jags are giving up third most half point PPR points to tight ends, and really, I, I, after you get outside of the like top eight of points allowed to tight ends, it's just crapshoot. But anyway, top three that's reliable. As far as James Robinson goes, he's the 11th most targeted running back uh, in the NFL. He had a dip last week, and we need to monitor that, try to figure out what the deal is there. But uh, the, the pack's allowing uh, 1.4 rushing touchdowns to running backs per game, most in the NFL, and they're, they're pretty bad. Uh, Did you say 1.4? Touchdowns per game, yeah. <laughs> they're allowing like one and a half scores. Or, damn, okay. To well, running backs, yeah, rushing well scores. Um, yeah. And then well, they're, they're also yeah. like top five or so in, uh, in receiving production uh, allowed to opposing backfield. So yeah, I'm very, very high on, on Robinson this week. It, the one time, you know, it might take him a while to get down to the red zone, but if they do like he's their guy, he, they're just going to ram him in there. The number, the rushing touchdown number is pretty inflated. Thanks to Dalvin cooks. Awesome game against them. Um, but I, I am curious why they kind that, of Jordan. keep telling yourself. That. I am telling myself that it's true though. <laughs> he scored like, half of the rushing touchdowns that have been scored against the Packers by himself. Um, and I, is it like the Jake Luton thing? Is it like their quarterback cycle that no. James Robinson is suddenly not getting into the passing game because he was, uh, he was pretty elite, like all around type of running back earlier. Now it just seems like he's getting these 25 carries for 99 yard type of games, which is fine. I'll take it, but. I yeah, want you're, points. yeah, and Jake in the in the only start last week with Jake Lutton under center. You're right. I mean, James Robinson, all the games before were basically he was seeing over four targets, um, and then last week he only saw two, and none of them were completed. So that is something to note. I also think that this, even though he's coming off of a big bounce back game uh, that we told you he was going to, DJ Chark was obviously going to have a great game against the Texans. Jordan, I'll give your your pack some credit. Jair Alexander is uh, balling out, and he's going to be more likely than not shadowing DJ Chark all over the field. So I would be hesitant. The Packers have given up the six fewest points to wide receivers because people can just run on them. So I would I would be hesitant to fire up DJ Chark with with supreme confidence that he's going to return you even wide receiver two numbers. I think I might have him barely in the wide receiver wide receiver two category this week, uh, but maybe maybe just outside. Going to cut in right now for a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Let us continue on then to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles heading to New York to take on the New York Giants. And uh, people, he has blessed you so far recently. And I'm telling you to keep the faith. Keep the faith in Evan Ingram. He has seen nine plus targets in the last three games. The Eagles are allowing the fourth most points to tight ends so far this year. And that falls falls right in Nick's got to be top five or else it doesn't matter (laughs) in terms of points to a tight end. So the the Eagles are definitely a uh, matchup that they can take advantage of. It seems like they're trying to put more emphasis on Evan Ingram in this offense, really getting him the ball. And he is a little finicky with his, uh, with his catching and his drops. But if he's, things seem to be clicking a little bit better. So I have been very nicely relying on him the last few weeks and uh, I will be continuing to do so this week. I've uh, all, all the, all the power to uh, Evan Ingram has the fourth, fourth most shallow uh, average target air yards. Uh, This guy, I think someday we'll see him freed of terrible coaching, but until then it is so rough. It is rough, but you, I can't argue with results, baby. They're mild, but I'll take them. Alfred Morris looking good last week. (laughs) <laughs> Alfred Morris, everybody. Morris. <laughs> is Miles Sanders back? This, I I believe so. He's right? returned I'm, to practice. Yeah, I sexy. believe this is this yeah, begins Miles Sanders' uh, fantasy league winning run as an RB one this week. Good, that's what I like to hear, Clark. Thank you kindly. That is what me and my fantasy rosters want to hear. I also think Jay, this is a, a low key Jalen Rager breakout game. Uh, we saw him in his first game back from injury. They targeted him six times and the Giants secondary has been good, but I also just kind of think that the game breaking speed that Rager has, uh, could be a little bit more than they are to, uh, can handle. So I would recommend adding him off waivers before he becomes a hot waiver target for week 10, Adam and start him. Travis Fulgham is real in case you're Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham is real. You got a big old matchup against James Bradbury, the battle of two Titans in the uh, NFC East. All right, let's continue on the Cincinnati Bengals head to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers in this game. Also something to monitor Ben Roethlisberger on the COVID-19 list. Uh, Seems like he will probably be off of it. Doesn't seem like any Steelers uh, players are too stressed or worried about it, but Jordan, what's a play for this game that you like? Oh, well, if Ben Roethlisberger is on the COVID list, he's probably just going to, be out there with a breathing tube anyway because that's just kind of how he likes to handle things um uh, another injury monitor is joe mixon he was practicing on the sidelines today but i think it was like in a rehab capacity because he has that foot injury still so if he's not good to go i'm not sure if i'm uh, firing up anybody on the bengal side with the exception of maybe tyler boyd um but this Steelers defense is very stingy and I I think they're going to be in Joe Burrow's face all day Um, on the opposite side this is a good chance for you to um, to get a good tight end play out of Eric Ebron Uh, the Bengals I believe are allowing the most yards to tight ends um, coming into the week so this might be a good play for him Um, other than you know, if you're going with Juju Claypool or Deontay Johnson, those guys are also good options. But Eric Ebron might get um, especially free this week. So, 
This should be another odd down game for the Steelers playing an inferior opponent. Let's see what Mike Tomlin. Mark is all week. over this. I love it. <laughs> Watch it be like snowing or something, and they just can't get anything going. <laughs> that would be really upsetting. I uh, I do think that you can basically fire up all three Steelers wide receivers, and I would put them in the order of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster in terms of uh, production. But yes. I do like all of them. And I love the Eric Ebron call. Moving on! Buffalo Bills head to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Nick, what do you got in this game? Well, I think we saw last week with uh, John Brown finally healthy. Uh, that offense just gets to soar higher than it than it would otherwise. Soar and, like uh, a Cardinal! Yeah, the, so the cards, I mean, they're... they're uh, probably like around number 12 in uh in points allowed to to opposing wideouts but i i think that this game uh it just has a lot of pieces that we can kind of diversify our portfolios with and uh and and get pieces of this is uh although the the bills secondary is in name very strong i think that this will be a, a fun game of two opposing offenses interacting with each other to the benefit of everybody involved um, so anyway, I just, you know, John Brown, he was hurt for a long time, wasn't doing a lot uh, for the people. He, he had like two games where he didn't do anything because he was basically just operating as a decoy. Uh, if he's still available, I, he, he's someone who I think we should all be, be looking at. Yes. And I think I just dropped Cole Beasley in one of my leagues. And I think that that is maybe a bit harsh uh, for me, but I was really hurt by his recent performance, but he is someone who I think you should be uh, sitting on your bench this week because the return of John Brown has certainly uh, rearranged the target share and Cole Beasley is no longer the number two behind Stefan Diggs. So we have no fears of uh, DeAndre Hopkins going up against uh, Tredavious White after he kind of uh, gave us a dud of a game against Miami. I do not fear DeAndre Hopkins facing so. any opponent. Uh, sometimes receivers will not get targets, but this is kind of like Julio Jones is the corner being good may cap their upside but is anyone surprised if deandre hopkins gets 97 yards and two scores ever i mean i don't know clark he was really bad last week and and if i know anything we can only go off of the week that just happened and we can't it's like they say in the stock market uh past results do indicate future gains yes and his past result was really bad clark so i think you just made my own point thank you for that Trey White's uh, a really good corner, but the rest of the Buffalo Bills defense just hasn't been playing very well this year. So no, they haven't. I'm sure he'll they'll find a way to get him open. Zach Moss is better than Devin Singletary. Drop Devin Singletary. He's worthless. It's my fine. It's my closing argument. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos heading to Oakland to take not Oakland. I have Oakland written down, but God damn it, they're heading to Las Vegas. Las Vegas to take on the uh, the Raiders and man. Nick is so excited to watch Drew Locke and Derek Carr battle out for AFC West supremacy. And Nick even said this. He sent this to me in a text just now. He said, Pete, this is the battle for MVP of the NFL this year. And I said, that's a bold statement, Nick. That is a bold statement. So back it up. I I did say that. I totally, I texted it to you. Yeah, I didn't, you guys, but I'm still really excited uh, about this game. So the, again, just just talks about it. The way offenses interact with each other can oftentimes be way more important than anything else. However, this one fe- does feature two crappy defenses. Uh, both of these teams are top eight in quarterback fantasy points allowed. We uh, we called it last week that that Locke was going to be a really great start. 
Um, it's, it's unfortunate that both of his tight ends got uh, injured last week, but I think Fant is expected to still be available. Um, anyway, this is, it's just going to be an awesome shootout with two guys who at least right now for Carr are kind of playing like they don't care what happens uh, on the other side of the ball. Um, so I know this is crazy. I've got the, both of these dudes as like top eight options uh, in the rankings this week. Yes. They, they might not be there ever again, but for now, uh, def- uh, offenses with uh, with really good playmakers against two crappy, crappy defenses, this will make for some fireworks. Also, Josh Jacobs has still never scored a touchdown in a Raiders loss. <laughs> <laughs> has to be said every week, and I love it. Also, Jerry Judy is a wide receiver, too, until he proves otherwise. He's the man. so good. He's so good. You should be firing him up in every single league. He should never sit on your bench for the rest of the year. So uh, the the jewelry company has spoken. Let's progress. The Seattle Seahawks head to LA to take on the Rams. And personally, I am staying away from this Rams backfield at all costs. Who knows who's leading it? The Seahawks have allowed the third fewest rushing yards. uh, And right before the bye, we saw Sean McVay get creative. Robert Woods had a rushing touchdown inside the five-yard line, uh, which is not what you want to see when you already have to kind of like figure out which of these running backs to start. You don't want to see a running back getting or a wide receiver getting running back touches in the red zone. So for me personally, I am staying away from Daryl Henderson. I am staying away from Malcolm Brown, and I am staying away from Cam Akers if he ever sees the field. But I am firing up Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, obviously, because the Seahawks secondary is uh, trash. So we've got a couple of good quarterbacks on by this week. Jared Goff was available in a couple of my shorter leagues, so I went and picked him up. I do think that they're going to be able to pass. Uh, Henderson is the running back to own in L.A., and this is just a fun fantasy theme to look out for when you're thinking about drafting next year. I, I've had Cam Akers all year, and those are just the picks that kill you. The guys you feel like you can't drop, and they are giving you absolutely nothing. They sink your team faster than a sinking ship, which actually takes quite a bit of time because it's got to take on a lot of water before it eventually goes down. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, Seattle opponents handle their defense from now on after Buffalo. They attempted like five rushes before halftime last Love week. Love it. Yeah. Um, so, so on that note, I just wanted to shout out a, uh, a great Twitter follow that I, I came across uh, earlier in the season, Sam Hoppin. He, uh, he and Hayden Winks were having an interaction this morning where uh, Hoppin brought up the fact that uh, uh, Josh Reynolds is the preferred deep target of Jared Goff, 13.5 yard average depth of target. Uh, and he's seen, oh, Van Jefferson is, is 0.1 yards behind him, but he's seen a third of the targets that Reynolds has. So Josh Reynolds is like the, the guy, the deep threat in Los Angeles per Hayden Winks, Seattle is allowing the second most uh, deep receptions allowed, meaning over 15 or uh, 15 air yards. That is uh, 4.6. So expect some, some deep shots to, to Josh Reynolds this week. If you guys need any streaming options, he's a great one who should definitely be available. Um, Henderson. Yeah. I've got him like right on that RB two slash flex play fringe. Cause he is the starter there, but Seattle, I mean, one that they've been uh, the one good thing on defense they're doing is stuff in the run. Um, he, he's super risky is all I'll say. He, he's very risky, but he is the lead guy there. Yeah. Seattle's one of those um, weird teams. That's ninth in rush defense DVOA, but 29th in past DVOA. So if, if Jared Goff has, 
time. We've seen that if Jared Goff gets uh, pressure in his face and Seattle might have to manufacture some pressure to get in his face, then um, that's not good for the Rams. But if he has a clean pocket, then he's going to be taking those deep shots. And um, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, uh, their backfield, though, I'm not – I don't know what to do about the backfield cam makers I thought was going to be something like he had some flashes earlier, but like Sean McVay is just determined not to give the ball to the, to one running back too many times. Let's continue down our NFL adventure. As we hit the San Francisco 49ers heading to new Orleans to take on the saints. Uh, Clark, what do you like in this game? Uh, Michael Thomas came back and looked pretty good. I think we can trust him again. Uh, Drew Brees is showing life going into the end of the season. Kamara takes a bit of hit with Thomas coming back, but I think this is a pretty, pretty easy game to call. You're starting your stars and that's about it. Do we, are we at all worried? The Saints defense just like completely put the kibosh down on uh, the Buccaneers last week. Are we worried that this secondary that you could pick on that teams have picked on is maybe coming to fruition and becoming healthy and playing a little bit better as Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are getting healthy and taking the field. Is there any qualms with like in normal, I'd be like, fire those guys up. They're going to be top options against a secondary that you can pick upon. But given what we saw against Thomas Brady is Nick Mullins really going to be able to do more against them? Or was that a flash in the pan? A pan in the flash. So I'm more worried about what I saw Chris Mullins do against the Packers than I am about what the Saints did to the Buccaneers. The 49ers just look completely inept against a team who has a really good offense and struggles on defense. So that makes me very, very worried. And so I just kind of glossed over San Francisco there. Because, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I trust um, Kyle Shanahan to get the ball in his uh, best player's hands. Like, Ayuk for a rookie has still been over 10 points of fantasy game when he's been playing. Um, but I do think also at the same time last week, the Buccaneers kind of just got caught with their pants down. Um, it didn't look good from the start and they just, it snowballed on them and they were divisional games be like that. Sometimes saints uh, beat, beat them up pretty good. The first matchup too. So I think the saints might just have the number. It, uh... I think, well, I was just saying, it rarely, it rarely looks good to get caught with your pants down. Rarely a pleasant view. I think that the uh, the near goose egg, or was it a full goose egg, that, that Mike Evans posted this week uh, has kind of shaded the the conversation. Um, he, he and Lattimore, their, his last three games, he's like zero catches, two targets kind of a thing. Uh, anyway, Debo, I think in his last healthy game, actually ended up having negative air yards, which – you know, this sucks. Yeah. And he caught like six passes, uh, but it, it shows you what Kyle Shanahan is going to do if they get Debo back. Uh, I think that he'll succeed in the box score, but obviously I, I expect the the saints to kind of roll this game. Yeah. This game, uh, game probably will go out of hand real fast. A game that's also going to go out of hand real fast because I sat through a Monday night football game, which was an actual game because this fucking Patriots defense is a hot pile of garbage. And Joe Flacco looked like he was fucking on the leading the Ravens to a goddamn Super Bowl uh, back in whatever that year was against, you know, there's just an ugly game, not fun to watch, but now we get the Baltimore Ravens going to new England. And let me tell you, man, if you want anything to fix this Ravens offense, well, 
Let me show you the Patriots' run defense. This game is going to be a Lamar Jackson, a Gus Edwards, a J.K. Dobbins special. Um, So you should fire all those guys up with the utmost confidence. However, you should bench Mark Andrews. New England allowing the fewest points to tight ends, and Baltimore is going to run the ball for a billion times and a billion yards, and they're not going to throw it anyway. So there's no reason to even start any of the pass catchers here. Yeah, Marquise Brown is still a sit for me, and uh, Jacoby Myers is still should be getting that third wide receiver spot slash flex start for you on a good team. Agreed on Jacoby Myers. If you have to bench Mark Andrews, um, I hope you have some other awesome streaming tight end option because there aren't a whole lot out there. Maybe you did pick up Eric Ebron and he's been sitting on your bench. You want to fire him out there this week. Um, but yeah, the Ravens, they look like they um, they figured something out last week against the Colts. It wasn't going very well and it, it kind of seemed like they, they got something back on track. So if they're going to keep on uh, hitting this running game, uh, doing it against the Patriots is going to be great for their confidence going forward. Uh, Jacoby Myers is wide receiver three because he sees a hundred targets and is the only person catching passes. So I like that call. Um, Clark, your cam acres is my Marquise Brown. I can't quit him. Can't quit him. And it is soul crushing two games left. We have the Los Angeles Chadges heading to Miami to take on the dolphins. Uh, Jordan, what do you like in this game? Um, I like Tua. I think he's uh, shown himself to kind of be the real deal. Um, What kind of sucks, though, is that he lost Preston Williams, who looked like his uh, top target coming into it. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Jakeem Grant running around out there, like on some crossers. And getting the ball in his hands is just generally a good idea because he's he's really fantastic with it once he does. Um, On the other side... Uh, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I'm not like that high on Hunter Henry. Uh, Not anymore, at least. It just seems like he's not living up to those expectations. But the Dolphins defense is also tough. So it might be a struggle for him to get going. Uh, The Chargers backfield. Kalen Balaj got a lot of carries last week, which was really freaking goofy. And then got sent down to their practice squad. He's on their practice squad now. Can we still? He played for Adam Gase, right? So, Adam Gase batting a hundred here with with yeah. players going away and and uh, suddenly becoming good offensive weapons. He played for Adam Gase twice. He played for oh. Miami. He's like, no, I need to play with him again. <laughs> I'm playing with him in New York. <laughs> Let me double down on the Adam Gase experience because that's something everyone needs more in their life. What do you guys? Uh, so so Balaj getting demoted and Troy Main Pope back where well, how does the backfield i gotta update the the running back rankings yeah does anybody have any because so jackson's hurt it's gonna be josh kelly and troy main pope is that is that it justin herbert's about to throw this ball 60 times baby i'm here for it and that's tough because the dolphins secondary is they're like, good they're really really good um that that said i i will have to go to bat here for for hunter henry he's the seventh most targeted tight end in the league uh his his average target area yards is is 0.1 behind keenan allen i think that this is a dude who's just 
I, he's he's been on the wrong side of variance, but the the usage is there. So I would be trying to acquire Hunter Henry. I'm actually trying to offload Mark Andrews in a package with him here and there because I got more than one share of Mark Andrews. Uh, it to to go grab Hunter Henry. Uh, so put put my money where my mouth is there. Uh, on the other side, Devontae Parker just gonna gobble up the targets. Clark, do you want you want to take that away? Yeah, no, I was I was really excited about Preston Williams also. Uh, so it does clarify the passing game for us. Um, but yeah, too bad for Williams. I like to see both those guys out there. Yeah, probably not fantasy relevant, but I think with Troy Main Pope being the RB two, we might see um, their rookie Joe Reed get some carries. He had a he had three carries. Oh no, I'm reading his return stats. Two carries. Last week, he's a receiver, kick returner, gadget type of guy. Not worth a fantasy play, but somebody to maybe keep an eye on because they really like him. He's a beast. He was he was very underrated. Clearly, since this is the first I've ever heard his name. All right. We have Monday Night Football. The last game we're going to talk about. Minnesota Vikings heading to Chicago to take on the Bears. Um, if you are all expecting an Adam Thielen bounce back game, it ain't coming. He's the wide receiver 20 for me. My expectations are low. So if you can get out from under him, you should. I just, this offense is how Mike Zimmer wants it to run right now, which is Dalvin Cook being the engine that could and carries the ball 25 times and Kirk Cousins throws the ball 20 times. And even though Adam Thielen is seeing 25 to 30% of those 20 targets or 20 passes, you can only do so much when you get targeted five to six times a game. Uh, and so, and this bear secondary is legit. This defense is legit. I don't think that this is a get right game for Adam Thielen. I think that comes maybe next week against the uh, Cowboys, but even still, man, I, Nick is trying to get out from Mark Andrews. I would think about trying to get out from Adam Thielen. Uh, if I had him, I have him on one league and I have been uh, slipping out trade offers to try to uh, try to have someone buy on maybe the possible potential, but I might wait till after Dallas and he has a big game and then sell him. I will not be getting rid of Adam Thielen because he's amazing. And uh, I he's think that he good, will this but... trend. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I think, Even I think with... this is, this is tough though. Yeah. Even with this slump, he's still wide receiver 15. And I, I said on uh, the show earlier this week that we've seen Adam Thielen just kind of go off and put up 10 points in a drive. And that's just how the offense sometimes just operates. So. Yeah, I wouldn't hold it against you for holding out feeling in this one. Chicago is really good against the pass and the resurging Vikings running game is just a good mix to hold him out one more game. If you can, like I'd rather we said Curtis Samuel versus uh, Adam Thielen last week and how I'd probably never choose Samuel. I would choose Samuel this week over Adam Thielen, but that'd probably be it. Uh, Nick Foles is not a horrible option at quarterback if you are just destitute and uh, Again, forgot to do your waivers, and you need a quarterback right now who's definitely available. Nick Foles against Minnesota can be okay. 100% available. Uh, yeah. You know, you should also be firing up this week is Jordan Smith's cornhole partner extraordinaire. Tight end one, Jimmy fucking Graham. Honestly, I'm pretty salty about it. He's, <laughs> like, well, he's a viable fantasy option, and it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> 
So the the last uh, word I'll have here on on Thielen is just that, uh, like like you said, Pete. Next week he's got Dallas, and then Carolina, and then Jacksonville. So if you are in playoff contention, uh, he's going to help get you there. But moving to the the Chicago side of things, so uh, Minnesota, their secondary is allowing the second most points per game to the wide receiver position in half point PPR. They they trail only the Seahawks, who lead everybody else by a margin of ten points. <laughs> um, but anyway, the 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 Vikings they are getting just destroyed by by receivers, uh, allowing the most touchdowns at the position, averaging two per game as well. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I talked about him weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Finally. Um, has kind of come alive last week. He scored a touch or two weeks ago. He had a touchdown last week. He had 11 targets. He's the, the downfield receiving weapon in the bears offense. Uh, like you just said, Clark add Nick Foles. If you were in need of streaming someone, he will undoubtedly miss Mooney and Mooney will not have the ceiling game that he should have. <laughs> But I think he can still have a big ass game. Uh, Allen Robinson is going to be in contention for overall wide receiver one honors this week. And Anthony, Anthony Miller deserves flex consideration as for that backfield, Ryan Nall. I like, I don't know. I don't know what to more like Ryan. Nah, am I right? Nailed it. God, it was so good. Yeah. I'm not touching. I'm not touching Chicago's backfield. All right. Well, there you go. Week 10 starts and sits. And uh, it seems like the Oracle pulled a Nick and decided to just bail on us for an extended period of time with no forewarning. So no Oracle prediction this week, it seems. I will get on her. Don't worry. She will have a stern but loving text message waiting in her inbox uh, after this podcast goes out. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get uh, us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball. If you like basketball, it's coming back in a month. Uh, uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Best of luck to everyone on their week 10 plays. Until then, peace.